Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Of all the decisions we make in this life, the only one that really matters is this. Do you choose Jesus or no Jesus? The choice will seal your fate for all eternity. God grants your request. A life chosen separate from Jesus will be rewarded with an eternity separate from Jesus. Pastor J.D. encourages you today, choose wisely. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on January 2nd, 2022. Be prepared. In season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage. No, but if I rebuke them, they won't come back. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. And here's why. For the time will come, that time is now, it has come, when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, you know what they're going to do? To suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of theologians, 24 in all, to say what their itching ears want to hear. And I'll tell you, if it wasn't here in my Bible, I wouldn't believe it. But it is. Verse 4, they will actually turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths, fables, lies about aliens. That's what happens when you reject the truth. We know that from Second Thessalonians chapter 2. God Himself sends the strong, powerful delusion. Why? Because they've rejected, very interesting, uh, the detail, not just the truth, the love of the truth. Therefore God will send them this strong delusion that instead they will believe the lie. Does that sound unfair or unjust? It's not. They've already sealed their fate, hardened their heart, and made up their mind. God's not going to force anyone to serve Him or love Him, and so He's just going to give them over and say, okay, well, you've made your choice. You've rejected me. The truth, Jesus is the truth. The love of the truth, the love of Jesus. So you want to believe in aliens and lies and this man-made crisis that is real, by the way, make no mistake about it, very real. 
whatever this is, that they've unleashed. And so, to me, it's one of the only things that even comes anywhere close to explaining why it is that we find articles like the ones I just shared. I mean, a church is requiring you to have been vaccinated before you can enter the front doors of the church? And they take your temperature? You have to sign a waiver? I can promise you one thing. That is a church that does not preach the Word of God. Again, that's the only thing that even comes close to explaining it. Not excusing it, explaining it. I can, I can come up with no other explanation. In Revelation chapter 3, we're familiar with this letter to this church, one of seven churches, the church of Philadelphia. Philia in the Greek is the word for brotherly love. The church of Philadelphia and the church of Smyrna were the only two of the seven churches that were not on the receiving end of rebuke from Jesus, who inspired John by the Holy Spirit there on the island of Patmos to write these letters. These were physical letters mailed to physical churches in Asia Minor. We know it today as modern-day Turkey. So the church, you can visit the ruins, by the way, in Ephesus. You can visit the ruins of the church of Philadelphia. You can visit the ruins of all seven of these cities and churches. I wouldn't recommend it, but if you wanted to, you could. So it's very interesting what he says to this church, this loving church, who loved the truth and loved one another. He says, I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it, for you have little strength. Now, at first read, you might not quite understand that as actually not a rebuke, but a compliment. In other words, I know you're barely hanging on, you guys. I know that that is going to be the condition of the last day's church. I'm always struck whenever I think about it, and I think about it often, especially as of late, where Jesus said of the seven-year tribulation, that if those days were not shortened, no flesh would survive. No human would be able to survive what's coming. So this church that is described at the time of the end, before the rapture, which by the way is coming up, spoiler alert, <laughs> pre-trib rapture, the church that's described in Bible prophecy at the time of the end is a church that is hanging on for dear life. Battle-weary, little strength. And they have kept His Word, Jesus said. You have little strength, have kept My Word, and have not denied My name. All three of those. I would submit that the reason why they were barely hanging on with little strength is because they did keep the Word. Because they did not deny the name of Jesus, the only name given among men, the name above all names, 
whereby we must be saved. In verse 10, he continues, and this is a reference to the pre-tribulation rapture. Since you have kept my, and this is interesting, we talked about this, I, I might just expound on it a little bit, but since you have kept my command to endure patiently. Wait, that's a command? Yeah. Here's the thing, we want it to be a command. We do? Yeah. Why do we want it to be a command? Because John says the commands of the Lord are not burdensome. His callings are His enablings. God will never command us to do anything unless He also gives us the Holy Spirit so that we can do that which He's commanded us to do. In other words, we almost want it to be a command because then it rises to the level of God, including the enabling and the empowering of the Holy Spirit in order to keep the command. Because God can't not, I know this is in proper sentence structure, God can't not do that. Can you imagine? God commands us to do something and says, okay, hope it works out. No, that would be evil, and God cannot tempt with evil. God cannot and will not ever put us in a situation that is conducive to us disobeying Him. In fact, the opposite is true. He will always orchestrate the circumstances in our lives and choreograph the steps of our lives so that it's conducive to our obedience to His commands. And here's the thing, and I, I, it's one of those things I wish I would have known when I was younger in my walk with the Lord, because it changed everything. What a game changer. God wants me in His will more than I myself want to be in His will. Wow! Is it not true that we're like, I need to know the will of God? Hey, good news. God wants you to be in His will more than even you want to be in His will. And God's not in heaven playing a chess game with you. Could you imagine that? Oh, you guys, get down there. J.D. almost figured out my will. Move the chess pieces on the board. That was close. We can't have him figuring it out. No, he directs us. He redirects us. He protects us. He guides our every step so that we're in step with him. So when we read my command to endure patiently, oh, it's a command, but the Holy Spirit will give me the endurance to endure patiently. Those are two interesting words by themselves, aren't they? It's not just enduring, enduring patiently. That's on a whole new level. Because <laughs> sometimes I, I'm white knuckling it in my endurance, just like, Ugh! no, you're commanded to endure patiently. I don't do good with patience, and neither do you, so don't look at me all spiritual. But isn't patience a fruit of the Holy Spirit? Not a gift. I wish it were a gift. Actually, I wish it were a pill. Just take a patience pill. And, well, it's a fruit, and fruit, here's the thing with fruit, it takes time to grow. Yeah, but I need me some of that there endurance. 
and patience. How am I going to get it? <laughs> well, as we're going to see when we get into the book of James, can't wait if we're still here. <laughs> but the endurance and the patience come by, you ready for it? Wait for it. It comes by enduring patiently. I wish there were another way. Oh God, I need patience. Okay, here comes the trial. Oh God, I need endurance. Okay, here comes the trial. But since you have kept my command, let that sink in, you have obeyed my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial or tribulation, same word in the original, that is going to come on the whole world. That's the seven-year tribulation, to test the inhabitants of the earth. And then he says this, and this is interesting, and I'll expound on this again as well. I think it would be appropriate at this time. He says, I am coming soon. Some of your translations render that word quickly. In the original language of the Greek New Testament, that's the word takos, where we get our English word for tachometer, which is that meter in the car that measures rotations or revolutions per minute, RPMs. The time is set, one minute. The revolutions are not. What Jesus is saying is, (laughs) I'm coming at a time when things are revving up, redlining, and things are about to blow up, and you're about to go up. That wasn't in my notes, so I am coming quickly. Hold on to what you have, so that no one will take your crown. Sadly, The prophecy concerning the condition of the church describes precisely the condition of the church today. Let's talk about the condition of global governments today. Dare I say that the global governments today are on the verge of total collapse, And it's evidenced by articles like this one from the Financial Times about how business leaders are warning that the global supply chain is now at risk of collapse. In it they say, and I'm quoting, global supply chains are at risk of collapse unless governments worldwide, worldwide, restore freedom of movement to transport workers and give them priority over vaccines. They're not going to do that, because the reason why they started this whole thing was to do exactly this, to collapse the global governments, because we've got to get this show on the road. Because when the Antichrist, who's already on the scene, is revealed after the church is removed, he's going to have control over all of the world's governments. And this is what I mean by trigger. This crisis was the trigger. Can we call it a switch? Is that better for some? Trigger is kind of, whoa, 
Be careful of that word, whatever. Okay, it's the sweat. In an open letter, still quoting, to heads of state and government attending the United Nations General Assembly, the International Chamber of Shipping and other transport groups warned that almost two years of travel bans and other restrictions had had an enormously detrimental impact on transport workers' well-being and safety. Perfect. It's working. That was exactly our intended purpose. We have to destroy the governments of the world to usher in the one world government. Exactly as the book of Revelation says. Particularly in chapter 13, a chapter we know well. Let me draw your attention to verse 7. It was granted to him, speaking of the Antichrist, to make war with the saints and to overcome them, and, listen, authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. Every nation on earth, every tribe, every tongue. He has complete authority and control over. For those that are interested, we did an update on the last ruling empire of man. We find it in Daniel, we also find it in Revelation, where the whole world, all the nations of the earth, even now by the way, it's already mapped out, will be divided into ten sectors or regions, and they will have ten kings It's Daniel's ten toes and Revelation's ten horns. Ten kings will rule over these ten regions. And all of these ten rulers will give their allegiance to the Antichrist, who will have complete authority over them. All of the nations, all of the governments. So you see, at the end of 2019 and into 2020, that was the time that they made the decision to go ahead and flick the switch, pull the trigger. And and it's going exactly as they had hoped and as God in His Word had prophesied. And by the way, let this maybe settle some unsettled hearts. (laughs) Everything that's happening today is going perfectly according to God's prophetic plan. I mean, it is perfect, right on schedule, right on schedule. Never imagine for a moment God's in heaven going, what did they do now? When did this happen? No, this is exactly. And by the way, this should not come as any surprise either. Everything that they are doing, God is allowing them to do. That's why they're doing it, because ultimately it serves His purpose in the end. In Daniel, I, I love it, when they, they say to this king, the, the God that you're blaspheming is the same God that holds your next breath in His hand. You mean He could withhold that breath? Yeah. And when he does, it's game over. Well, lastly, and certainly not least, 
is the condition of the global economy today. I hope you know, and I, by the way, I should probably say this, I probably should have said it earlier, but now is as good of a time as any. It brings me no delight or joy to be up here talking. I would love nothing more than to stand up here on the first Sunday in the new year and say, Happy New Year, and praise the Lord, and God loves you. He does, but you know, everything's going to be okay. It's not. You understand that the economy is on the verge of complete and total global collapse. And you know why, right? There has to be the controlled demolition, I use those words for a reason, of the global governments and the global economy to usher in that final cashless digital currency with which no man will be able to buy or sell unless they are connected to this digitally. So on Tuesday, Politico published a most alarming op-ed about how the Fed's doomsday prophet has a dire warning about where we're headed. It's a long read, but it's a good read. And what's interesting about this guy is he's one of those steady eddies, right? He's not, he's not alarmist at all, except now he is. <laughs> and that's why they're kind of taking notice and paying attention, because when a guy like this, the steady eddy, you know, just everybody, you know, calm and the voice of reason, and he's just one of those guys, that's his temperament, according to the article, but he's freaking out now. And it's kind of like, if he's freaking out, we should be freaking out too. Not we, (laughs) because we don't need to freak out, because we're going to be taken out. That's another good one too. It wasn't in my notes. So he talks about what many believe and know is coming, which is that of an imminent collapse of the global economy. And this comports with what we know to be true concerning the World Economic Forum's Great Reset. More importantly, we know this to be true concerning Bible prophecy, namely in the book of Revelation. Now, I know this is a well-known passage, especially again as of late, but I want, as I read it, I want you to, to see this through a different lens. See it through the lens of this switch slash trigger. Because wouldn't it stand to reason that in order for there to be something in place technologically that is able to track and trace every human on the planet to determine whether or not they can go into a store and buy and sell, wouldn't it stand to reason that whatever there was prior to this would have to be destroyed? Exactly. That's what's behind all of this right now. They are trying to destroy businesses. We are so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. You've been listening to the latest prophecy update that Pastor J.D. has been sharing. And as always, it's fascinating to hear and learn about how the things going on in the world relate to things predicted in the Bible. 
If you're ever interested in finding out more about this ministry, head over to jdfarag.org. That's jdfarag.org to learn more. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you're always welcome to come check out our church family. At Calvary Chapel Kaneohe, we meet on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. There's a Calvary link at the bottom of our webpage, so look for it at jdfarag.org. That link will give you more info on service times, directions, and more. Also, on our website, you'll notice a tab at the top that says ABCs. This is a helpful tool if you're in need of understanding a more in-depth view of what it means to have a saving knowledge of Jesus. If you or any friends or family need some clarification, this should help clear some things up for you. Again, that website is jdfarag.org. Next time, you'll get to hear some more interesting things about current affairs and how they relate to what the Bible says to be true. The prophecies in the Bible were not just mentioned casually. Every prophecy written in the Bible will come to pass. So there's much to understand about what's to come. We look forward to that time with you and hope you'll join us then. Until then, may you be looking for wisdom from God in spirit and truth.